Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we just feel so safe to give you our all right now as we just feel your arms wrapped around us. Yeah, and this morning when we were praying before church, yeah, the Lord gave me a new perspective on, yeah, the prodigal son and, yeah, how he was calling hearts home today. Yeah, with um, younger brothers who had, yeah, taken their inheritance and asked for their inheritance from their father and as in God and taken those, yeah, spiritual gifts and the gifts and the inheritance that is offered for us and taken it outside of the house of the Lord and taken it away and, yeah, lot, just left his presence and gone to use those gifts and, yeah, maybe they were drawn in by the power or the, yeah, just the miracles and gifts of the Spirit, but missed his heart. And, yeah, just as that has run out, because there's a time limit on those things, they've, yeah, you maybe you've come to realize that you're missing something. And, yeah, I just feel the Father's calling you home and to come home to his house in his presence and that he's still looking for you. He's not. He's not saying you've got to, yeah, sorry, you can't live your best chance now. You mucked it up with taking that, that he's he's there with a ring and a robe and, yeah, to come and, yeah, just be filled in the house of the Lord and that the gifts never run out in his presence. And so, yeah, if that touches your heart right now, I just want you to, yeah, just cry out to God and say, Sorry for, yeah, not valuing his presence and his house and what he's worth. And, yeah, Father, I just ask, I know that I don't even need to ask you because you're so keen to come, but that you would just come and touch the hearts of all of those that are in that boat right now and that you would just, yeah, you would wrap them up in your robe and hold them in your arms. Yeah, and I just pray that today on Father's Day you would touch people's hearts. Amen. Amen. That's a good word there, Benny. Thank you for the worship test and Benny. And for those of us that joined us in the spirit as well, thank you. Thank you for joining us and making a an incense up to the throne of God. Just want to put a a uh, yeah, just encouragement out there for the dads, and know that you are valued and loved by the heavenly Father, and also for any. Um, any dads to be out there, happy Father's Day. Any grandfathers, happy Father's Day. And for any single mums as well that are doing the work of both mum and dad, yeah, may God's grace be upon you.
May you find encouragement in the Heavenly Father. And he is the ultimate Father. He's our example. As fathers on the earth, we're not without help. Um, so just want to encourage you to go to the Heavenly Father for help in fathering. Fathering is not, it's not an easy task uh, when we try and do it in our own strength. But when we rely upon the Heavenly Father, everything is easy in Him, abiding in Him and relying on Him. So, yeah, I'm just going to pray quickly for the fathers before we get into the Word of God. Lord, we thank you for every father out there listening. We ask that you would strengthen them, that you would lead them, and you would help them to find uh, just leadership from your fatherhood. Fathering was not man's idea, but it's your, it's who you are. You are father. And, and as fathers, we just, we bow on our knee to the father of lights in whom there is no variableness, there's no unstableness, there's no shakiness, there's no shadow of turning. Lord, we thank you that you are the good, good father and from you comes all good things. So, Lord, we ask that you would provide uh, for all those who trust in you as if, as, um, as fathers on the earth. Lord, we ask that even today, Father's Day, as we celebrate Father's Day, it would be a day where many fathers find you. Many fathers would find you and would come back to you. Lord, we pray for uh, broken families out there today. We pray for single mums, Lord. We ask that you would touch them, that you would be the provider, that you would be the Jehovah Jireh, and for your grace to be upon them, Lord. Today would be a, an awesome day of families getting together uh, throughout this city of Sydney and the nation of Australia. In Jesus' name, amen. So I had it in my heart to share on faith today and speaking words of faith because of the difficult situation that we are in during lockdown and there's much uh, ideas and opinions and words of doubt around there and I think we need to learn to speak words of faith and words of encouragement. Um, but as I was before the Lord, he asked me to speak about his discipline <laughs> So I'm going to speak about his discipline and hopefully get into, into faith. And I think it's, it's actually linked, the discipline of God, of God is linked to our faith. I'll explain further, uh, but if we could firstly read a little bit of Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to be in Hebrews a little bit today in chapter 11, chapter 12. We start Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3. I'm going to read down to verse 11. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have not, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as two sons. My son, 
Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more? Readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit. That we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. But painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So this scripture very much, it speaks about fatherhood. And we can't have true fatherhood without discipline, without chastening. And we see the Lord, because uh, the Lord deals with us as sons and he chastens us, he disciplines us. And, but all discipline is towards sonship. So every uh, discipline of God towards his children uh, is in love, but it's towards sonship. He wants us uh, to be obedient sons and uh, not, not obeying um, because of external circumstances, but he wants our devotion. He wants our hearts. And, you know, we may have had bad experiences. All of us have had some bad experiences with a father uh, who disciplines after his own good, but that should not put us off the Heavenly Father who disciplines us for our good, that we may uh, be a partaker of his holiness. So what does that mean? He disciplines us. All of his working in our lives as, as our father is towards sonship. It's towards being a partaker of his holiness. So becoming like him. He wants us to become like him because there's, there's freedom in becoming like our father being a partaker of his holiness. So if we desire to be like him, the way to become like him is to endure chastening or discipline. And one of the ways that we go through discipline is, is, is by reading his word and allowing, when we read the word of God with an open heart, we allow the dis, God to discipline us because we see uh, areas of our life that doesn't line up uh, with his word and then we we realign our lives to be more like the Lord in that area and we as we 
we study the life of Jesus, we meditate on the life of Jesus, uh, we, we realign our lives uh, towards his holiness. So the revealing of Jesus on the earth is a revealing of the holiness of God. And when we, our desire is to become more like him, to become, become more like his holiness. So this may be a difficult time for you. Lockdown may be a difficult time. Even Father's Day may be a difficult time for you. Uh, but as we focus on the Father, that's no, it's not difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult. And as the start of Hebrews 12 uh, says there in, in verse 3, consider him. Consider him who endured. And, and that, who's that? Who's him? That is Jesus. So as we go through... Uh, discipline in this life we have to con- well, we're encouraged to consider Jesus that that is the secret uh, to to growing in the holiness of God in the likeness of God becoming more like him so I think when I wanted to speak about faith the Lord asked me to speak about discipline first uh, because I'm feeling like uh, for some of us, we need to start speaking in faith regarding uh, the lockdown, regarding the end of the lockdown, and speaking in faith regarding the end of the coronavirus attack. Um, but other of us, others of us, it's not time for us to speak in faith regarding those things. It's time for us to endure the discipline of God and to learn from that. And... I believe as a church, as I speak not just about Harvest Time Church, but as a body of Christ around the world, uh, we have not yet come under his discipline where we should have. And, uh, and I speak also to, to pastors and church leaders that we need to ask God why church has been shut down and why God allowed that. I believe this is a time where his... People need to come under his discipline. And I think there's many things in religion and even in church gatherings that we do that we've uh, rejected his heart, you know, and, and we've taken on religious activities without his presence. And, um, and I think that was a, a good, a relevant word uh, that Benny had regarding uh, the prodigal son and um, the story of the prodigal son. And it is possible to be lost in the father's house, you know, and, and um, you know, that there were two sons and the one prodigal, he got lost in the pig pen and um, the other prodigal was lost in the father's house. So both sons went away from the father's heart and I think in the church, maybe in the modern church, we've lost his presence and we've, we've gone after, after the gifts, as Benny shared. And, you know, even when we look at the worship industry around the world, you know, we sing beautiful songs, um, you know, but we create a, a, an industry out of it rather than just using those worship songs to experience God's presence. And uh, we go through songs very quickly in church and, 
and people know when they go to a church gathering that they're, they're going to get, you know, one fast song and one medium and then one slow one. And then, you know, it's a process. We, we've made a, it's almost like a business out of, uh, you know, something which should, should be honoring his presence. And, um, you know, there was a beautiful song written, I think it was by, by Hillsong. I was thinking about that this morning. And uh, it was a very prophetic song. And that song is about the, the crushing of the grapes, you know, the new wine. And um, that song is an incredible song for this season. I believe it was a prophetic song. And that's what God wants to do uh, in this season. He's literally allowed the religious church or the church as we know it to, be, to go through a crushing. And why... Would God allow us as a church to go through a crushing where everything, all of our plans have stopped. All of our plans to seemingly do good things have, have been stopped. And it is, in a sense, it is like a crushing, but he doesn't want to destroy us because Jesus is committed to building his church. And even though a church is not gathering, he's still building it. But he wants to crush us not to destroy us, to, but so that we be partakers of his holiness. And that, as that song proclaims, it's a very powerful song, and I encourage you to, to, to listen to it this week and see it as a prophetic song in this season. He, he's crushing us to bring forth new wine. And there needs to be, the church desperately needs a fresh move of the Holy Ghost. And we need to just put aside all of our formulas and our religious activities and just come back to his presence. And he's watched, the Lord's watching us and he's watching what you do in your secret life. He's watching what you do in your personal life. And as corporate worship has been literally shut down, he wants to know, are you still going to worship him in secret? Are you still going to seek his presence? And what is the attitude of your heart towards uh, authority in your life what is your attitude towards your heart in um, against government officials what's the attitude of your heart towards church authorities how's the attitude you know towards um, parents and um, do do we have a culture of honor do we honor the lord uh, in this season the questions for us so proverbs chapter 3 verse 11 and 12 my son do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. And when this lockdown first happened, the first lockdown uh, 12 months ago, uh, my heart was grieved because, you know, church leaders just started getting busy uh, with their online programs and were almost like uh, gloating and the fact that, you know, how many people they were reaching through their online services. I really don't think many of us really stopped to ask the Lord why he allow uh, church to be stopped. And I think we really need to seek God and uh, we need to come back to his heart, especially for worship and giving him time. So, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction, so if this is a chastening, if, if, we, if you are in a time where God would discipline you, 
the way that we receive his discipline, his correction, is not by not despising it. So we would ask him why. Just ask the question why. You know, and that's what I've been doing. I've been asking the Lord why. Why did you allow? Sure, God himself didn't shut down the church, but he did allow it. And um, I've been asking him why. So I would encourage you to do that because this we won't necessarily have this time again. We may not be able to learn what, we, what the Lord wants to teach us again. So it may not be the time for you to faith out of it, but receive, receive correction, receive discipline. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, it says, Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So we could prophesy against the discipline of God in our lives if we were not discerning. And so these days I really believe we need to hear the voice of God before we start speaking against God's voice um, and prophesying against, our, against what God wants to do. So we can have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, but if we don't, and we can have all faith, but if we don't have love, if we don't understand God's heart for people, if we don't understand God's heart for us, then we're nothing. So we could be speaking, we could be speaking against a mountain when God wants us to climb the mountain. Or we could be speaking against a mountain when God wants us to sit there and admire it. So I just think, for me personally, the Lord wants me to really hear his voice in this season and understand uh, the flexibility of the Spirit. And when I say that, um, relig the religious mindset is not flexible. And the religious mindset... Its, ba its basis, its uh, consecrations and its decisions on previous words that God has spoken to us in the past. And that, that can be dangerous for us in this season um, because what we need is a current word. We need to be led by the current word of God. For instance, um, just practically speaking, God may have spoken to you in the last lockdown uh, not to wear a mask. Um, but does that mean that God may, not, may ask you, you know, not to wear a mask or he may ask you to wear a mask? You know, God may have spoken to you on a particular day not to wear a mask, but that doesn't mean he never wants you to wear a mask. You know, God, God, we have to be flexible in hearing God's voice. Um, you know, God may have spoken to you uh, not to partake in, in you know, uh, in a vaccine. Um, but then you need to be seeking him as his heart and his will. Is that something which is for the rest of your life? Or was that uh, for that season in your life? 
So, you know, we, we have to be flexible uh, and we have to flow with him. But all things have, whatever we do, we have to consider his word in our life and we have to do all things out of love. Otherwise, we'd be just like a clashing gong or a clanging cymbal. Uh, because it's 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 not the the law that we're following; it's the law of love, and uh, it's it's not the principle that we're following; it's a, the heart behind the principle. So we need God's heart in this season. And um, just a, another quick practical uh, example that Jesus gave us was concerning money and finances, and. When Jesus came into the temple and he was standing having a look at the offering box and he, he, was, he was concerned about what was actually going into the box. <laughs> Not because of the principle but, but he was drawing out the heart behind it and, and he gave two examples. One of a, a religious leader who just threw in some loose shrapnel that was not really um, you know any anything that was worth giving really and what the lord said was look that that's um you know that's just hypocritical really um so so you've got this guy this pharisee that obviously teaches people about honoring god you know with your tithes and offerings but himself uh was not was so given over to the principle of it, he'd forgotten the heart, and his heart was not in his his um, his giving. Uh, but then he saw a poor widow who gave in, um, also possibly a small amount, but the Lord highlighted that she gave all. So she gave far beyond what the law required, um, but her heart was right so so the lord is highlighting uh the principle not not that we shouldn't we shouldn't there are principles for us so so with finances what i'm saying is that you know it's no good uh just there's so many promises regarding god's blessing god has promised to make us a head and not the tail you know he's he's promised the blessing of the lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it and we can go on proclaiming uh, faith, but you know we may it may not work. Your prayers, your faith prayers or proclamations may just be clung, clanging gongs uh, if you haven't applied the principle, the principle of you know bringing your tithes and offerings into the house of God. So once you once you are an obedient son and you know you have followed his principle uh, with your heart, then that is the right place to 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 speak uh, the word of God in faith. Whereas if you just jump into faith without understanding, hang on, we need to discern first, am I in a season of discipline that I need to actually repent and come back to the principle of God? Um, or have I? Is my heart right? Is my heart pure? Am I an obedient son? If and so, it's good to speak words of faith, but it must be done out of a place of obedience.
um, we shouldn't, we cannot just go on uh, speaking the word of God in faith uh, if we're in a season of discipline. That's all um, I wanted to say. So he, James chapter 1, in verse 17, as Father's Day today, we acknowledge that every good and gift and every perfect gift is from him from the father above and comes down from the father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning so he can be totally relied upon trusted upon of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we may be a kind of first fruits of his creatures of his children um, in verse 12 to 15, uh, it speaks to, James speaks to the church about loving God in trials. And lockdown, it's a trial. It's a real trial. It's a difficult time. I find it a difficult time. And I know there's many people that are finding it uh, more difficult. For me, there's those that have lost jobs. There's those that are actually in hospital with, with sickness. You know, there's... Those that are struggling even with, um, you know, being challenged by, by the push that's, you know, on society at the moment to conform and, and to be forced to, to take a vaccine or wh whatever it is, um, it's a difficult time. So, but James encourages, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those that love him. That's good news. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So, God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of sickness. I'm not saying that he created the lockdown. But for his children, he uses these things sometimes as a discipline to bring, him, bring us to himself, that we would be partakers of his holiness. So that which the devil wants to use for evil, God turns around for good. That's how he does it. Whatever plan the enemy has to destroy us, God uses that plan to bring in his goodness that we would seek him for salvation. There's always deliverance for God's children in no matter what situation. So, um, so each one is, verse 14, each one is tempted when he's drawn away. That's why God cannot tempt us with evil because temptation to sin, uh, it always draws away from God. And God would never draw you away from himself. God always draws us to himself. So temptation draws us away from his presence. And like Benny was saying, you know, the prodigal son took the gifts of the father, took the father's blessings, but his heart, both sons actually left. The one left and ended up in the pig pen and the other left the father's heart, the father's presence, but remained in the, in the house. It is possible as a church, as a Christian church, that we have left his presence, you know, and we've given ourselves to, um, you know, to, 
to a program. I believe God wants us to consider as churches. He wants us to consider our ways and come back to him, come back to his heart, so that when we come back as corporately, we would, we would honour his presence above our programs. So the father of lights, he's the one that we come back to. Yeah. So as God's children, as we submit to him and, and if it is a season of discipline for you, um, I would encourage you to just come under that. Just receive that. Repent if you need to repent. Change your ways and come back to him with your full heart. And then from that place of security, uh, as a son, uh, that's where we need to start speaking words of faith. Start speaking for words of faith into the atmosphere and start encouraging one another and building one another up with our words. I think it's really important. This is a time now where we can have a fresh vision for the future as a church. It's time to believe God again. In Psalm 42 verse 5, David says to his, he speaks to himself, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Why are you squashed down within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So we see David understood praising God um, brings him up out of depression. If we're, and if you're feeling down, if you're feeling discouraged, just want to encourage you, just take some time out, just start praising God. Put on some, you know, some worship. Get in the car by yourself. Go to a quiet place. Just start singing and, and just building up yourself, praying and singing in the Spirit. So we have to recognize our, the health of our soul. You know, most of us are very good in recognizing our physical health. You know, we feel when we're physically tired or you feel, uh, you know, some of us discern when sickness is is coming on your body and you need to rest but we also need to discern our soul whether you know we can discern if we're starting you know before it gets too late and you go down into depression you have to discern if there's sorrow or sadness you know and and right at that time it's when you you pick yourself up and you decide no I'm going to I'm not going to I'm not going to settle down into a depressed sad state I'm going to hope in God and I'm going to praise him because that helps my countenance. So praising God, looking into his face, lifts, up, lifts us up out of depression. Psalm 42.4, we see the reason uh, David uh, was down in his soul was very, very uh, current to this situation we are in, in lockdown. We see that he remembered that he used to go into the house of God with the multitude. And, you know, in this season in Israel, maybe it wasn't a time where he could worship God every day, but it was, there were certain feasts and certain festivals that they, they went together. Everyone went together 
And he remembered that time that was a, it was a great time. And many of us, I know we, we miss, you know, corporate worship. And it, it, may, it may make you feel sad because you miss that time. And, and um, that's okay. Um, but the secret to overcome that sadness is, is, is just your personal uh, worship, entering into your personal worship. It is possible to get through this season without sadness, without sorrow, if you continually, every day, uh, make an effort to praise God, make an effort to enter into his presence. It's impossible uh, to be depressed when you're praising God. It's impossible. Literally impossible. Because when we worship him, when we praise him, we see him. You know, we have a revelation of Christ and he's always uh, joyful. He's in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And it's only, depression is only outside his presence. Uh, in his presence, there is, you know, there is a sorrow that he has, but it's a sorrow over the lost. But even in that sorrow, there's joy. Yeah, so let's not be like uh, the Israelites in Babylon that hung their harps on the willows. And they, because their mindset was a religious mindset that, that could only worship God uh, because of a previous word. They were hanging on to a previous word that worshipping God should be in Jerusalem. So they took their harps with them to Babylon, but they couldn't play them. So they, they hung them on the, on the willows uh, by the tree. Let that not be our experience. Let's not wait for church to go back to start worshipping him. And we saw last week that Daniel's life told a different story. Daniel decided that you know, when he was 16, he went into captivity in Babylon, spent his whole life there. But he was committed to worshipping and three times a day, he would kneel with his windows open towards Jerusalem and he would worship God faithfully. And we see God used him in Babylon and he became like one of the leading governors in Babylon. And God actually exalted him in Babylon and blessed Babylon through his life um, in, in, I guess, in, in areas of government, in the arts, in media at that time, whatever that was, <laughs> passing the stone around the... <laughs> But through his life, because I believe God's people were, were, were in Babylon and, and Babylon had to be prosperous and to provide for, for his people. Um, so, yeah, like religious, this lockdown, I believe, I find it, it, it attacks my religious mindset. And as I come under God's discipline, I, I've been just laying down, you know, my religious mindset because we get in a habit. We get in a habit of going to church and doing things religiously. And, and there's so much religion, even in, even in the Pentecostal church, even in our lives. And um, so we just need to, I've just been giving all that up to the Lord. One thing I recognize from my life, and I see it in others, that religious mindset is not flexible. It is not flexible. I believe we need to be more flexible. And we need to be constantly 
abiding with the voice of God. So the, when we see in this story the Israelites, they were not flexible. They couldn't play their harps in Babylon. But Daniel, he was flexible. He said, as a 16-year-old boy, he went to Babylon with the mindset that he's going to worship God and he's going to bless God, and he did. So the religious mindset exalts rules, formulas, and traditions over his presence. The religious mindset, uh, as I previously mentioned, exalts previous words over current words, and uh, it exalts principles over relationship. And, uh, yeah, the religious mindset is doing the things of God uh, without the presence of God. It is possible to get caught up doing God's work and it's possible to get lost in God's house. We can be lost in the house of God. We can get caught up doing God's word, work without his presence. May that not be us. And I believe this is why God is not, he's okay with church shutting down for a season. Because he wants to shake off the religion. He wants to shake off the things that don't really count, that don't really, uh, that don't invite his presence. So we want to be a church that honors his presence, invites his presence, honors him above the principle, the principles of his word. So we need the heart of God in the word of God. So a little bit about faith, and then we're going to finish up today. But I just want to leave you with um, some keys of faith. We've talked about the fatherhood of God. We've talked about the discipline of God. And now going forward, we go forward in faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1. To three, a famous verse of faith in the Bible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith actually looks like something. It's a substance and it's an evidence of things not seen. So it's very real. Faith is real. It's a real substance. It's a real evidence of things not seen. So faith brings the invisible. It makes, it, makes the invisible visible. Pretty cool. And we're invited to such a life. It's an exciting life. We can actually work like magicians in the earth. <laughs> we can make things appear in our life and through our life that wouldn't naturally appear without faith. It's pretty exciting. There's no limit. Faith has no limit because the supernatural is no limit. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So we learn our faith from God through his word. And that's, he's given us a tongue that we can speak. We can speak also as he spoke. So God framed the world uh, with his word so that things that are seen are not made of things which are visible. So as God formed the world... Through his words, God 
made things visible which were not visible. God brought things into the natural through words, words of faith. And God would invite us into such a life that we would speak things which we can't see in the natural. We would speak them into existence through words. That's so powerful. So for faith, for something in our life to qualify as faith, for a faith endeavor to to something in your life to to qualify as faith or project, faith project, it must be invisible, something that's invisible or impossible. So if you want to grow in your faith, then you want to grow in impossibilities. You need a project that is impossible. And you apply your faith to that. And then you see the impossible come to the possible. So for something to qualify as faith, it must be invisible. Why? Because that's the example that we have from our good father. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. In Genesis 1 Verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, so when God said, God spoke. So God is a talking spirit. And God spoke, that's talking spirit spoke and light came and then creation happened as he spoke and God would invite us uh, to also speak things into being in our lives and in others lives that line up with his heart so God spoke this talking spirit spoke outside the natural realm He spoke from the supernatural into the natural. So when we speak words of faith, we have to speak outside the natural realm. And that's a challenge because most Christians that I hear speaking in the loudest voices seem to be from those who get their opinions from the natural world and from the children of the world. And it's a reactionary word. I don't hear a lot speaking words of faith. And I understand it's a difficult time. And it's easy to be reactionary. But I would encourage you to start to speak words of faith, faith words. Start to speak things that you don't see in the natural and start to start to speak out of the supernatural into the natural realm because this world needs answers. And as we bring Jesus, uh, I, I believe we are, on the, we are on the end of this lockdown season and we're coming into... A new season of increase where uh, there's going to be uh, many people coming to Christ in this next season. And so we need to be ready for it. We need to be ready. And, and we, one of the ways, a couple of the ways we, we get ready is by just dealing with, with uh, the discipline of God, submitting as a son, and then starting to speak words of faith. And um, God is going to use your words to create uh, opportunity for people to serve him.